This is a WTOP original podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Vine Guy. I'm your host, Scott Greenberg. And in this episode, I'm on the road in Napa Valley. And today, I have the absolute pleasure of meeting with Remy Cohen, the Chief Operating Officer of Lady Family Wines in Napa Valley. Wow, Remy, it's really a pleasure to be here. I've always heard about Cliff Lady and I've always wanted to come here and probably passed it a few too many times. But now I actually get a stop in and pull back the curtain and see what the magic is all about. So thank you very much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for coming and visiting us. It's just a spectacular piece of property. I love everything about it. And I'm very excited. Of course, we're going to taste some wines at the end of the podcast and you'll tell me the story behind those. But before we do, tell me a little bit about yourself. I understand you're from New Jersey, but you made the trek all the way over to the West Coast. You went to Cal, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't good enough, of course. So then you had to get your master's (laughs) in Davis. And of course, that wasn't good enough. Then you went to San Francisco and got your MBA. Has anybody ever said, what what are you going to (laughs) stop? Actually, I always feel like I need to be learning something new. So um, I love education and I'm a big proponent of it. And truth be told, I would spend my entire life on the Cal campus if I could but did know that I needed to move on at some point, and uh, Davis seemed like a good option at the time. Well, maybe one day you'll be Professor Remy. The thought has come across my mind, but after getting my master's at UC Davis, I realized that you could get into the wine industry, and the wine industry really promotes both research and education, and that I didn't need to get my PhD to be involved in both research and education in the wine industry. And speaking of UC Davis, you actually got your degree in viticultural and enology, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So then, take me from there. That brought you up to Napa because you have a very interesting history. An unusual background. Um, There's not a lot of viticulturists and vineyard managers who become more general managers of wineries. Um, But for me, the vineyards are the foundation of the industry, and it's where it all begins, and it's where my love of the industry began. Um, While I was at Cal, I got really interested in plant science, and so going to UC Davis and studying viticulture made a lot of sense, and it layered plant science with chemistry and biology and winemaking, which has artistry and also like a fun social component to it. Um, And while I was at UC Davis, I met a guy who worked for Saintsbury Winery in Carneros, Mm -hmm. and um, he presented a vertical of 1990 to 1999 Reserve Pinot Noir, and I thought it was really amazing. It was the first vertical I had ever tried, and I loved seeing the continuity in the vineyards, but also the specificity. The, specific, the, the unique characteristics of each vintage and um, reproached him after the tasting and he asked me what I was doing when I graduated and um, essentially offered me to come and interview for the Harvest internship position at Sainsbury. So that was my first role in the winery. So then you you did the harvest at Sainsbury. Mm -hmm. And then what happened after that was evidently you got bit hard. I got really lucky. Um, I loved it. And I loved Carneros and working with Pinot Noir in that area and Boucher Vineyards, which was right around the corner from Sainsbury, where I was hiring a vineyard manager. So at the age of 24, I became their vineyard manager. And it was a really fun and amazing experience. Worked there for about six years. Now, just because I don't know, and I really don't know, 
I have always associated vineyard managers with more of a masculine role. To be quite blunt and to be actually kind of fought over you a bit, you are the first uh, woman I know that w- went into that role as a vineyard manager. What was, was there? Yeah, it, and 24, you're pretty young, too. It was pretty young. I think they took a chance on somebody who was really enthusiastic and passionate and was going to work really hard. And so I really will always appreciate having that opportunity and at the time, there were more women just starting to get into the viticultural field. I remember looking back and there was only a few women that I can think of who were my predecessors in the industry who are viticulture focused. And one of them is Mary Marr, and she runs all of um, Bill Harlan's vineyard programs at Harlan. And she's an incredible mentor and um, influence on many of us. And Ann Kramer, who has a vineyard out in um, the eastern foothills in, in California. And she's an amazing influence that as well. El Dorado or Sierra mm-hmm. Foothills, that yeah, area? Yeah, she has a uh, Shake Ridge is the name of her vineyard and it's it's amazing and a lot of different people source from there and she has an incredible site um but now what's really exciting is to see so many young women in in viticulture here in napa valley and one of them works with us her name's um allison cellini wilson and she's our director of vineyard operations and um she and a, a bunch of women that she went to school with at cal poly are all in great positions here at napa valley cal poly slow yeah. Very cool. I have a son who went yeah. to Cal Poly Slow. So. Yeah, there's a few of us, a uh, few of them here at the winery. So. Very cool. So there are more women in that role today. There are. I think, you that's, know, that's awesome. It's still, there's still a disparity, um, and there's still probably not as many women, um, especially when you get into the higher leadership positions. And that's really the same truth when you talk about general management and winemaking as well. So while we're seeing almost equal numbers of men and women in, Um, education at UC Davis and places like that Mm -hmm. at Cal Poly. Uh, For some reason, the women aren't getting into the more senior positions. And so it's been interesting to have that conversation. And and not that I want to, maybe we could have a separate podcast one day (laughs) on gender equality and winemaking. But you know, it's interesting because I have seen a much larger boom, if you will, of women winemakers. Yes. You know, my wife, who's a woman, (laughs) said, you know, that she actually thinks that women make better winemakers because they have more patience (laughs) and they're more willing to nurture something than a man, you know, than men. Now, I will certainly say that probably going out on a limb here that many of my favorite wines are actually made by women. So, and I I don't know if that's just telling or just a style or whatever, but I'm telling you, I'm really happy to (laughs) see the change. And I hope that it continues. I hope the trend continues, particularly in uh, viticultural side of it. I think that's really very, very cool. And like I said, you're my first. You're kind of like like my unicorn. (laughs) So after uh, Bouchain, where'd you head to? Um, I worked for Maryvale and Starmont Wineries, um, having started out as the director of vineyard operations, but I also was always willing to help in areas outside of my own job responsibility and was always sharing my thoughts. And one day, um, shortly after receiving my MBA, the owners of Maryvale offered me a position as VP of operations and put me in charge of their direct-to-consumer and hospitality business as well. So I was literally wearing two different outfits to work. I was Very different outfits. <laughs> working in the vineyards in the morning and then going inside and talking yeah. about you know strategy and events for the wine club and hosting people in, right. in the hospitality center. Of course, so like, you know, in the morning you're wearing boots. 
boots. And then, exactly, yeah, boots and a hat. Yeah, in the afternoon you're probably slipping into flats or high heels. And, <laughs> wow, that is that okay. So very some big education. You were able to really get both sides of the business. Yes. Right, and then I also tell me about was it vines to wine? Yeah. So I um, after working at Maryvale for four years, I founded my own consulting business called Vines to Wine. And it was mainly a vineyard and winemaking focused um, enterprise. And I knew David Abreu at the time, who was a very well-known right. vineyard manager yep. and viticulturist. And he introduced me to Cliff Lady. And at that time, I transitioned to work for Cliff full-time because I thought our visions were when really aligned. That? Um, 2012 was when I started working here full-time. All right. And then 2014? Became general manager so yeah. pretty big deal, and you've been running the joint ever since. It's not just me; we have a, a big team. But still, you but, are overseeing um, viticulture. You're seeing the winemaking wine program, yeah. um, sales and marketing. Sales. And, so again, you're wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah, but we have a great team. I couldn't do it without them. No, of course. But I'm just—it's kind of cool to yeah. see the evolution of where you you're through your education all the way up to Cliff Lady, which I now really want to talk about. Yeah. Because that's why we're here. Exactly. And we're going to be tasting some really great wines. Tell me a little bit about Cliff and his journey here. Yeah. So Cliff is from Canada and, hey. <laughs> and he had inherited a construction business from his father when he was a young man. And he and his older brother grew it to be quite successful. But um, Cliff eventually decided that he wanted to do something that he was really passionate about, and he's been collecting Bordeaux wines and decided that he would pursue his dream of creating a Bordeaux-style winery here in Napa Valley, and his dreams came true. In 2002, he purchased 60 acres here in the Stags Leap District and founded uh, Cliff Lady Vineyards, where we focus exclusively on Bordeaux wines. So um, earlier, you tried the Sauvignon Blanc. Delish. Um, it's the only white wine that we make, okay. and I hope everyone gets a chance to try it. And, Is that only um, available in the tasting room? No, we actually distribute our Sauvignon Blanc. So okay. it's one of three wines of the Cliff Lady portfolio that you can find in the in the market. Okay. Um, and sometimes restaurants have it by the glass. And so, well, I'm going to find um, it because that was delicious. Cliff likes to say it's our gateway drug because <laughs> we like to over deliver at the quality at that price point, so that way people love it and they oh, want to taste more of our wine. Mission accomplished. I'm hooked. Ah, thank you. And then we make um, Bordeaux red blends, and I've got two here for. Um, us to try today. Wonderful. So, in two, did you say it was 2002? Yep. He bought the property. Yep. But evidently, it's gone through quite a bit of renovation. And yes. you know, we were walking through the tasting room, which used to be a residence. Then we were walking through the well, the gallery, and then the um, we went to the former winery, which is now the admin. And now we're sitting in this beautiful winery. Which, oh my God, this is you know for a winery, it's. Pretty cool. Uh, and there's art everywhere. Yes. Art everywhere. everywhere. So all of Cliff's favorite things, great music, beautiful architecture, awesome modern art, delicious wines uh, are pervasive throughout the property. And um, when Cliff started, he hired the best of the best. They became his you know, partners in, in a way. And Howard Bakken has been the architect on all of our properties. So he remodeled the Poetry Inn as well as our tasting room. And he um, and Cliff together designed the winery. Cliff also brought in David Abreu to be our vineyard manager and a vineyard architect. So he planted the vineyards and he's how I met Cliff. My first role was working in the vineyards and actually bringing the farming in-house once David had completed the planting. 
Uh, Michelle Roland was involved in the early winemaking. Very cool. Um, so really, Boy, these yeah. are really the rock stars, if you yeah. will, of the wine world, and you're yeah. now one of them, which is pretty cool. Thank you. And speaking of rock stars, I also noticed there's a rock and roll theme going on around here. Uh, the vineyards are named after famous songs, and yes. there's a lot of wonderful art in the, what did we backstage. call it? The backstage. Yeah. And there's just, it's and a lot of it is rock and roll related. Yeah, so... Tell um, me about like this whole rock and roll theme. I love it. It's Well, rock. we make rock and calves, so yeah, okay. that's where it all began. Um, when Cliff and David Aber were planting the vineyard together, David had named all the blocks alphanumerically, and Cliff thought it would be fun to name them after classic rock songs. Like Dark Side of the Moon, exactly. I saw that one, Abbey Stairway Rose, to Heaven, oh, Hotel good California. One. I that one. So every year we actually make a mashup of some of the blocks in the blend, uh, some of the blocks in the vineyard, and then we make a special name for that blend. We call it the Rock Block Series. And so one of the wines we're going to taste today is Soul Fire, which is a blend of Heartful of Soul and Light My Fire. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's evidently very important to Cliff. I also saw the guitars hanging in the backstage. Those are his guitar. Or yeah, his, his collection. His collection. Um, so one of our experiences that we offer here at Cliff Lady is a tasting in our backstage gallery. And it's an opportunity for guests to come and try some of our wines. Sometimes our um, we'll have a library wine there. We often showcase wines from our platinum Playlist. So there's three wines, poetry, songbook, and tokalon that we call our platinum wines. Yeah. And we have a membership that's called Platinum Playlist, which guarantees access to those three top wines. And uh, usually one or more of those wines are being showcased in the backstage gallery if you do a backstage tasting. So the visitor experience here is really kind of multi-tiered, if you will, right? You welcome everybody into the tasting room. I don't have to be a member to correct. stop in, correct? I'm correct. open to the public. But then it goes up from there. So there's what other experiences so we are fortunate that we are open to the public and people can walk in and do a tasting, but it's highly recommended to make an appointment in advance. And we, um, while we do have tastings at the bar, we also offer reserved table tastings. So same flight, but table service. Then the next would be the backstage tasting uh, where we have some more reserved wines, some library wines. We showcase a platinum wine or two in there. And then we offer an array of private experiences, and those are really customized. So, for example, you could choose the anthology tasting if you really wanted to focus on the platinum wines and some of our Appalachian series or single vineyard wines. Those are the ones that you would try in the anthology tasting. But our private group experiences are very customizable. We can do food pairings with them if, if they want, offer a pretty wide range of options. So I have some friends who are very jaded. I'm going to bring them back here, and I'm, we're going to rock their world together. Okay. Okay, great. No, pun intended. <laughs> or pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. So we were walking up to the winery from the tasting room, and you turned and you pointed up to this beautiful hillside overlooking the Silverado Trail and said, that's poetry. Yes. Tell me about that's poetry. Yes. So poetry is our hillside vineyard located in the Stags Leap district. It's quintessential Stags Leap. It's very steep, rocky, volcanic soils. It's where we make our most flagship Cabernet Sauvignon. So you'll try the 2016 poetry blend. All right. Uh, the whole vineyard was planted by David using his proprietary clonal selections. So very unique, very low yielding, really concentrated and beautiful, elegant fruit comes from the property. When you say low yielding, what are we talking about? Two, three tons in curd? 
Yeah, when we're lucky. When you're lucky. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so it is low yielding. Yeah. Okay. There's on average about 3,000 vines per acre because it is so rocky and so steep mm-hmm. that there's a high density planting there. Yeah, it's a really, really unique and special place, and the wines are so beautiful. And I think for Cliff, when he named um, his top wine poetry, the idea is, you know, poetry is like a literary work. It's meant to evoke an emotion. And we hope that when you try poetry, that it's a memorable experience for you, an emotional experience and something that you really enjoy. And tell me about the Poetry Inn. Yeah. So Poetry Inn is perched atop the Poetry Vineyard. So it's the only accommodations in the Stag's Leap District. It's uh, very exclusive. It's behind a gated entrance. There's only five hotel rooms. Wow. Each one has its own balcony with the most amazing vistas of Napa Valley, incredible views, um, really high-touch concierge service. It's a very unique, very romantic, and beautiful place to stay. Is that only open to your wine club members, or can anybody make a reservation? How do you? How would you go about doing Anybody could make a reservation, but you know, book early because it does book up. But yeah, you can go online and make a reservation or call us at the hotel. Wow, it looks beautiful. I mean, the, just seeing how it was nestled right into the hillside overlooking the Poetry Vineyard, I got to believe that that would be a spectacular place to take in a sunset. It is incredible. incredible With a glass of Poetry Wine in hand from your balcony. That would be be lovely. (laughs) Well, the good news is now is the time where we actually get to taste the wines. You give me a little bit of background about the wines as we go through them. So we pop the cork and uh, tell us about the first wine we have in front of us. So the first wine that we have is from our sister winery, Fell Wines, which is named after Cliff Lady's mother, Florence Elsie Lady. So it's so F-E-L. Her initials. Okay, love it. And Florence was a home winemaker when Cliff was growing up. Really? Yeah. yeah so that's where he got the bug bit. Exactly. So this is um, a tribute to her for being an early inspiration for him to get into the wine business. Cliff Lady is a purist. Cliff Lady Vineyards focuses exclusively on Bordeaux varieties, so Cabernet is mainly what we do. Right. Um, so when we wanted to expand our portfolio, rather than doing that under the Cliff Lady label, we looked to Anderson Valley, which is a cool climate region right. and very well known for growing some of California's best Pinot Noir. Wow. And um, we went there. We bought a little winery. Ryan Hodgins has been making outstanding wines for us under the Fell label. And the wine that you're trying is our Savoy Vineyard which is our flagship wine of the Fell portfolio. Savoy is considered a benchmark vineyard in Anderson Valley. It was one of the leaders in terms of organic farming, low-yield farming, um, selecting the right clones of Pinot Noir to plant. And we had the opportunity to purchase the Savoy Vineyard in 2011. So this is now our estate vineyard, though we do still sell fruit. So you might see Savoy Vineyard on other incredible Pinot Noir producers' labels. Well, I I have to tell you, I don't know whether I want to uh, drink this or dab it behind my ears. Mm -hmm. It is. Somebody recently said, gee, Scott, have you ever been in a podcast where you try to wine that you didn't like? <laughs> and the answer is yes, but I added it out. So right. if, if you're hearing this and I'm gushing about the wine, I'm really gushing about the wine. It's delicious. Um, this is really perfect word for it. It's delicious. Yeah, Ryan uh, Hodgins is our winemaker. He was formerly the assistant winemaker at Hansel, an outstanding producer of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And he just brings such an amazing elegance and beautiful concentration to these wines. And uh, I think it really highlights Anderson Valley right now. 2017. Correct. Fell Pinot Noir. From the Savoy Vineyard. From the Savoy Vineyard. Mm -hmm. This is... You know, I didn't spit. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> That's just, okay. <laughs> I'm actually going to go in for another uh, quick sip here because this, again, I know I talk about this a lot on this podcast, 
But for me, wine is all about balance and mouthfeel. Then, then come sort of those flavors. But unless you have balance and, and mouthfeel, nothing else is going to translate through on the palate. And uh, the balance in this wine is lovely. Thank you. It's coats the tongue. And, you know, Pinot's a tough grape. You can get away with a, a little bit more in the heartier red wines. Mm-hmm. But Pinot reveals its flaws, mm-hmm. I think, more so than, than most other red wines. And I will say this wine is flawless. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's delicious. Um, like, kudos to Ryan and his team. They did an awesome job. And, and I agree. I think this wine has everything that you want in a Pinot Noir. It has all that beautiful fresh fruit yeah, that you want in a California fruit, Pinot Noir. Slightly savory. But a lot of savory. I always yeah. think Savoy is savory, like the earthiness yeah. <clears> and a little... Great um, earthiness. Um, Ryan likes to call it the Subois. It's across the Navarro River from Hendy Woods. You kind of even get that sort of forest floor characteristic in mm. it. It's just, it's really outstanding. It is. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, now, is this one of the wines that we talked about earlier that is available on shelves or? Yes. Yeah, so Fell has uh, a few wines that we distribute. It's our Anderson Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Okay. And then this is its big sister, the Savoy Vineyard Pinot Noir. It's very limited in production, so you don't see it everywhere. Probably the best place to get it is direct from us, and we have a small amount left in 2017. <laughs> so get get on Lady Family Wines, LedeFamilyWines.com, and uh, look for the Savoy Pinot. I, I might have to borrow a shipper from you. Okay, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, Remy, tell me about the next wine we're going to try. Okay, so now we're getting into I don't our really want to move off of the Pinot, but <laughs> well, you could save some and uh, revisit it later. Okay. Um, now. We're getting to our rock and cabs. Soul Fire is next, 2016. So this is the mashup you were talking about between the two rock and roll vineyards. Exactly. So this is a rock block series. So the name changes every year based on which of the blocks are prominent in the blend. And this year it's Heart Full of Soul, which is pretty unusual by the Yardbirds and Light My Fire from the Doors. And um, this is just... Why don't you just call it the Doorbirds? <laughs> we'll hire you next okay. time to, right, uh, to come up with some names. So this is everything you want in a Stag's Loop cab. It's got a lot of opulent fruit, dark black mm. cherry, mm. cassis. We've got some dark chocolate, some purple flower, um, a lot of kind of crushed rock. So Christopher Tynan is the winemaker for the Cliff Lady wines. Wow, Chris. Good and, job. Um, what I love about working with Chris is that he does love to focus on minerality in wines and being here in the Stag's Leap where our volcanic rock is so important. Yep. I like to joke around that it's a double entendre. Yes, our vineyard blocks are named after Cliff's favorite rock songs, but they also are built into a volcanic rock hillside. Ah. Um, So you can really kind of feel and taste that minerality, and you get the supple tannin that comes from growing um, here in the Stag Leap District. You do, and there's even a a touch of salinity in the wine, which Mm -hmm. is really very cool. And I love the, uh, like you said, all of those flavors are there. You you touched on the cassis and the the cocoa nib, and it's really a, a wonderfully crafted wine. Again, balance, 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 but it really grabs your attention. There's there's not a single hole in this wine. It starts front to back and, and just goes, and the length of the finish is mm. pretty cool, pretty remarkable in this wine. And again, remind me of the, bl- I know it's two vineyards, but the blend Cabernet-based. It's Cabernet-based, and it's um, in this vintage, so the blend changes a little bit, and it's not always um, 100%... Cabernet. I think in this vintage it's about 90% Cab, but it also has Merlot, Cab Franc, and Petit Verdot. The main blocks that are in the vineyard are Heartful of Soul, which is one of our Cab vineyards up at Poetry. 
and light my fire, which is down here in what we call the Twin Peaks Vineyard, closer okay. to the tasting room and amongst the rolling hills of the Stags. Very District. cool. So we'll, we can post also the the tasting notes on our website. Great. When this comes through, so just to make make sure. Now you mentioned four out of the five no Malbec. Um, um, you guys grow this Malbec? vintage might have a tiny bit of Malbec. We do grow some Malbec. Not every vintage do we blend the Malbec in, so it kind of just depends on on, on the vintage and on the blend. But you do and, have a little uh, bit of Malbec. We do have a little bit of Malbec, yeah. Okay, because I've found that not a lot of wineries are growing the Malbec, but I'm, you know, I'm glad to see you guys doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, we do. We have a little bit of Malbec on site, and we have a good time with it. Sometimes we co-ferment it with Cab, and that seems to be like the best. All right, I did find the notes on that, so that's pretty okay. cool. It's 95% Cab Sauve, 3% Petit Verdot, 1% Merlot, 1% Cab Franc. So you're right. Oh, you nice. Were, okay, good. Gone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it's it. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll make sure those get on, on the website as well. The third wine, and I'm almost sad that we don't have more of them. And I told you just two wines, and you were very generous to bring three. <laughs> and now I'm kind of bummed that I didn't say more. <laughs> so poetry, yes. This is it. This is it. This um, is uh, the one that... Uh, so for us, this is our highest expression of our estate here in Stag's Leap. We have this beautiful hillside vineyard where the Poetry Inn is located. Um, as I mentioned, all planted using proprietary clonal field selections um, that David Abreu has cultivated throughout his career and planted here in the early to mid 2000s. Um, so we've been just so blessed and excited to watch this vineyard come into its maturity. And for us, this wine tends to be a little bit more elegant and can evolve for, for so long, both in the glass and in your cellar. And this is the apex of our portfolio, and it's our favorite blocks and our favorite barrels from the Poetry Vineyard. Mm, I think it's the 16. Mm -hmm. It is a 16. Wow. Also 2016, yeah. Wow. So it's got some staying power. Both of these wines, I think, both of these cats. Yeah, I'd love to try that in 10 years, but it's delicious right now. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's right out of the gate. You know, I'm getting, of course, that dark fruit, wonderful plum, cassis, black cherry, blackberry. I'm getting like a touch of black fig, Mm, which is really nice in that wine. And again, the depth of this is outstanding. It's fun. This is this is a wine that you really want to savor. Mm-hmm. I think these types of wines go usually pretty well with food, but this one I would be just happy with a big chair in front of a fire and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. have this all night long. Yeah, this is a delicious wine. Thank you. He uh, Chris made this one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris has been the Cliff Lady winemaker since 2012. Uh, and the aromas coming out of this mm-hmm. are just. Super, again, uh, dark fruit, dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And dark flowers. Yeah, really just. Really, he really captures the essence of both the Poetry Vineyard and yeah. Stag's Leap. I am so sorry this podcast doesn't have Smellorama. <laughs> because, this is, because all three of these wines offer up something very, very different and unique, but just... They're, they're all very aromatic. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'd like to invite all of your listeners to come visit us. So please come visit us. We're right in the heart of Stag's Leap District on the Yountville Crossroad. You're able, when you come visit, to taste wines from both Fell and Cliff Lady here. As Scott and I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of options for the types of experiences that you can have here. So 
just uh, go on our website or give us a call and let us know, and uh, we'll get you all set up. Remy, thank you so much. This has just been a remarkable treat, and thank it's you. been great meeting you yeah, and hearing likewise. about your, ver- I know, your, been really fun. your voyage. Your, this has been great. <laughs> it's nice to see somebody come from the East Coast to the West, and really, uh, that's just a fantastic opportunity. So thank you very much. Thank you very uh, much. Just to remind our listeners, the three wines that we had today, we started off with the... Fell Pinot Noir from the Savoy Vineyard, so single vineyard fell from our flagship of our portfolio. And then we had oh, two wines. Sorry, the vintage on that was... Two, the... 2017. Right. And then two 2016 Cabernet-based blends from our Cliff Lady portfolio. Um, the first one was from our Rock Block series, and the 2016 is called Soul Fire. And the 2016 Poetry. Right. We will make sure those get posted on our website as well. Thank you. So thank you very much for being here. Yeah, it's thanks so much. That was fun. That'll do it for this episode of The Vine Guy, a WTOP news podcast. Follow me on Twitter at The Vine Guy. And don't forget to catch my Wine of the Week segments on Fridays on WTOP and WTOP.com. Sarah Beth Hensley produced this episode. The music you heard is Wishful Thinking by Dan Leibowitz, available in the YouTube audio library. Until the next episode, remember, do good, drink well. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.